Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 15th of February, 2024. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Everybody had a good uh, Valentine's Day with you and yours. Flyers are back tomorrow in Toronto to take on the Morgan Riley-less Toronto Maple Leafs. They got to win their first game without them. Uh, Flyers will try to continue their win streak tomorrow night and extend it to five. Four straight wins out of the All-Star break. And there will be an extra letter, well, actually two extra letters on the ice for the Philadelphia Flyers as we have gotten an announcement regarding the captaincy with the Flyers. And I'll be honest right away. I didn't see this coming. I didn't think this was going to happen in season. Uh, I thought this would be something that would be taking place in the offseason. But that is not the case. The Flyers have named Sean Couturier as the 20th captain in franchise history. Scott Lawton will continue to wear an A as an alternate captain. And an A will get sewn on the jersey of Travis Konechny. So the Flyers announce that Couturier is the 20th captain. Here's a quote from Danny Briere. Sean Couturier is an ideal choice to be the next leader of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, He said Sean Couturier was drafted here, has made Philadelphia his home, and I have personally seen his development from a responsible forward to one of the best two-way centermen in the game and a playoff performer. The adversity he has had to overcome has only strengthened his proven leadership. In this new era of orange with Dan Hilferty, Keith Jones, and John Tortorella at the helm, we couldn't be more proud to call him captain. Couturier's comments after being named captain, he said, it's such a great honor. It's a really prestigious organization, so this makes it even more special. The city is my home, and I love it here. It's going to be business as usual for me. Nothing is going to change from me or my game and how I approach things. I love my teammates, how we have grown as a group, and I want to make sure we keep going on the right path here. So Couturier now the next captain and uh, maybe – named a little earlier than some of us thought, myself included. But what is the role of the captain? What is, does anything change for Sean Couturier? You heard in the quote that I read there, uh, it's going to be business as usual for me. And I came across this article that was on NHL.com that was written on September 20th of 2023. So not that long ago, just a few months ago. And it was about the captaincy in the NHL. The role of the NHL captain is much more than fans see. See what they did there? Uh, the C is uh, in quotes. And they talked to a several captains around the league, some guys that have been captains since they were young players, a guy like Connor McDavid or a guy that just got the captaincy at 35 years of age in Boston and Brad Marchand. And he takes over for a great captain in Patrice Bergeron. And a captain before that was, you know, uh, you know, they great captains and, and that lineage that leads into it. And uh, the the one thing that they seem to all say was that you've got to be yourself. It's it's pretty interesting that these guys weren't in the same room. They were interviewed separately. And they all kind of said, that, like Jacob Truba from the New York Rangers said, the biggest thing is you don't need to reinvent yourself or try to be someone you're not. Everyone can see through someone who's not genuine. Anders Lee from the New York Islanders, uh, the the best advice he'd give a captain is to be themselves. Those guys are in those positions now for all the qualities that have gotten them there. So enjoy it, be themselves, and I think they'll be fine. You look at a guy like Braden Shen, former flyer who was named captain in St. Louis. 
He said, I don't think the captain means you have to change much. You just have to be who you are. So that it, you got to be authentic because people can see fake. You can't have faux outrage or fake outrage. All of a sudden, you know, be this policeman of the locker room. That's not the job of the captain. The job of the captain is to be the conduit between the players and the coach and the players and management and somewhat the players and media. It's kind of the spokesperson. But leadership takes many guys. And John Tavares actually talked about that uh, when he was interviewed on this. He said, there's a lot of great leaders, a lot of great people in your locker room and on your team, and you really need to learn on them to get different perspectives and different opinions. There's multiple guys in our locker room that can be a captain. So you lean on those guys. And there is, there's a leadership group. Sometimes in Philadelphia, I don't know how it is in other cities. I don't live there, so I don't care. But in this city, we've pinned too much of the blame on the guy that has the, the, the C on his jersey. Everything doesn't fall onto that, to the captain. The captain can't control everything. The captain's job is not to get his teammates ready to play. That is the individual's job. That's where you need to be a pro. The captain's job, though, is to take the temperature of the room, have some discussions at time to time. You don't need to be a rah-rah guy, and Sean Couturier is not a rah-rah guy. But you got to be a pro. you got to play an honest game, and you've got to be a pro. You've got to show up ready to go. you got to show up working hard, controlling those things you can control, and Sean Couturier is one of those guys. Sometimes the guys that aren't the most outspoken, like Couturier, they don't need words to get their point across. I think Travis Konechny talked about it earlier this season that on the Flyers bench, he came back after he did something on a shift, flew the zone or something. And he said, I, I looked over and Cooch just gave me a look and I knew he was disappointed. And sometimes it's those things. And, you know, we, we've seen all different kinds of captains, whether it was Mike Richards, who outward facing to the fans and media was very guarded and monotone, didn't show much to guys like Chris Pronger, who was a captain here in multiple places in the NHL, who is great at talking to the media and giving a quote. That's just guys being who they are. So Sean Couturier, not going to change anything, um, but he is the next captain for the Philadelphia Flyers, and they move forward now with him wearing the C. It is definitely a big honor. We make a lot out of the captaincy as onlookers fans, um, but I do know it means a lot to the players as well. They take the role seriously, although it's not leadership is not just on them. But congratulations to Sean Couturier. And maybe part of this reason why they do it now, maybe he was kind of the the guy they were looking to to name as the captain. It makes sense. A veteran guy that's a total pro. And maybe they were just making sure that Sean Couturier was going to be able to come back from the injury after missing 21 months and be able to come back and be available and be a guy that's going to be in the lineup and be able to answer the call pretty much night in and night out. You know, you want to make sure that if you name a captain that he's going to be able to play because you can't lead when you're not playing. That's very difficult. You know, when you're not playing or you're injured, you're somewhat away from the team, you kind of come in, do your rehabilitation and all that stuff. Uh, 
So you need to be a guy that's playing. You need to be going to war alongside your brothers in that locker room. And uh, maybe that's part of the reason why there was a little bit of delay from the last offseason till now uh, to make the decision to make Sean Couturier the next captain. Scott Lawton will keep the A on his jersey. Travis Konechny will get an A as well. And I think Konechny is a great choice there, too. Uh, we all know how we all feel about Lawton uh, as a leader and a guy who gets it, gets Philadelphia, uh, plays hard, does all those things. Uh, but when Claude Giroux was traded a couple of years ago, almost two years now, if you can believe it, but he is a guy that when that the captain then, the leader left, and left a void, he's a guy that started to step into that void and has, I think, has done that more and more. And the way I think you can tell is when you hear him speak publicly, the, the things he talks about now are a little bit different. They're a little bit more or less about the questions to him as a player and his individual performance are always now slanted towards the team and the group. So he sounds like a leader to me. He's been a leader at other levels. He's a guy that took a took a piece of that void, and I, I think that's a good choice as well. There's some other guys too. Travis Sanheim, um, to me, when I hear him speak, sounds like a leader, has grown into that role. And there's other guys, and there's going to be all those guys are going to be counted on to help lead the entire group. It, it's going to take a number of guys to if you have good leadership you have a lot of leaders in your room and they're not at odds. They're not at ears with each other. They all lead and they fill different elements of leadership. Some guys are outspoken. Some guys, the guy that cuts tension, some guys just say nothing, but go about their business. So it's all different types of leaders um, at all different ages, all around the NHL. I mean, you see a guy like Connor McDavid gets the captaincy very young. Quinn Hughes is a guy in Vancouver, got the captaincy very young. And then you see a guy like, Brad Marchand, get it at 35, or Sean Couturier, uh, get it at 30. So congrats to Coots on landing the captaincy. Now, one of the things that's being talked about quite a bit recently is what to do at the trade deadline. We're about three weeks and change away from the NHL trade deadline. And some names are out there. Rasmus Ristolainen is now um, injured, probably not going to be back this weekend, uh, maybe a couple of weeks. And... Does that make it more likely to retain Sean Walker? Uh, because if Ristolainen is not available for a month, that goes beyond the deadline. We'll see how all that plays out. And then as we talked about in yesterday's episode, some of the guys with some term after this year, their names are also being floated. Scott Lawton is one of those guys. Uh, John Tortorella today was asked about uh, Scott Lawton and his name being out there in trade rumors. Once again, this, this is not the first time for Lawton. We've heard it uh probably three years in a row at this point. And I think what Torts had to say was really interesting. So I'm going to play Torts uh, from yesterday, meeting with the media, asked about Scott Lawton and the trade deadline and really the rebuild uh, in total, where they are right now. So let's go to Flyers head coach, John Tortorella. John, Scott Lawton uh, has been here his whole career. And over the last probably three or four years, he's heard trade rumors and stuff like that. The fact that he's still here, does that say something that his, his impact actually goes beyond the ice as well? Oh, he's an important guy. Uh, he's well-respected. He, you know, he's a flyer. Uh, intangibles that he brings, uh, you know, he cares. 
and and I think that rubs off on people. And he he has a really good uh, uh, personality for team concept. So uh, yeah, he, he's an important guy. But it is what it is. We're as an organization. I'll say it again. It it, it is what it is. And and. Uh, uh, we'll just see what happens as we go here the next few weeks. Maybe this is a question better for Danny, but I guess from a coaching perspective, you talked about how important the room has been to, to your guys' success. Is there a fear that you know if you were to subtract someone who's that important of the room like Lawton, that it could could have a real negative impact on the team? It's not a fear. It's it's again the part of the process we're in as a team. We can't look for things not to continue our process. Uh, we, we 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 are. Uh, we have so many things to do, uh, so much more of the process to build this team that we can't be getting too emotional uh, when it comes to what, what is the best thing. For, if it's the best thing for our future of our team in building it the proper way, we have to follow through. We have to. And uh, the guys know it. Uh, we've been very forthright publicly about this. Uh, we need to stay with it. Lund's a guy that's seen his game kind of trend up over the last couple games. He's pretty emotional on the ice, too. When he, Who? Uh, Scott Lund. Okay. Um, can, do you think this time of year can sometimes motivate a player uh, when, when they hear their name maybe being talked about? Well, if, if I'm a player, if, if you're being a player talked about, you, you, you must be doing something right, right? You should feel really good about it. You know, I, I don't think any of the guys, uh, I don't want to speak for them, I think any of the guys that have kind of been out there with our team, uh, maybe uh, being looked at, uh, want to leave. Uh, uh, I, I know Danny, myself, and Jonesy aren't looking to move them. We're not actively saying, here he is. But if it works out that it is the best for the building of this team, we have to follow through. And uh, I, I think these guys, and, th and that's why I have tried to be as honest as possible with our team, uh, because I think they deserve that respect. I don't think they should be surprised. Uh, you know, some teams, you know, they just kind of sit, sit, and then kind of bounce on you. I will not do that with our players. I, I have too much respect for what they've done. Uh, so I want to be totally upfront, and uh, and that's the way we've gone about it here. So. All right, there he is, Flyers head coach John Tortorella, uh, talking about Scott Lawton's name being out there again, and you know, Torts reiterates that this is a process and nothing has changed, and they got to go through this process and. They are sticking to what their plan is, no matter what the standings say, and that he and management are very upfront with the players. You know, they're not going to say, oh, no, we're not making any changes, and then spring it on a guy. One of the things when John Tortorella was hired, and before he was hired, I heard this from some guys, was that you always know where you stand with John Tortorella. And jo and Tort says it. He He says... I owe it to those guys, to be honest with them. I respect too, I respect them too much for what they do as professional athletes to not be honest with those guys. And, th and it is not that way everywhere. And it's not that way with every coach. And that's one of the things that players that played for torts or play for torts really admire. They like that. They just, they don't want to be BS'd. They want honesty. And that is one thing Torts will give them. So I hope that allays some people's fears that, oh, this team's going to add or they're not going to sell. Or it look, it look like he said in, in that piece that I just played, 
if if we get some kind of offer, we got to do what's best for this organization. You don't want to lose Scott Lawton. You don't want to subtract him from the team or the locker room, the city, any of that stuff. But you got to do what's best for the organization. So I know people are still concerned that they won't because of the PTSD of the past. Um, but this is a different regime. And I think we should take them at their word at this point. So I really that kind of resonated with me what Torts had to say and the honesty that he talked about uh, with players. All right, let's get to uh, an email that came in as well. And I thought this was an interesting email. This comes from Sean Griffin. Sent this to me yesterday. He says, uh, hi, Jason. Hope you are well. I'm a huge Flyer fan living in St. Pete Beach, Florida. Oh, nice. He said, I've been listening to you since my Bloomsburg days back in 2013 when you were still on 97.5 The Fanatic. Two questions below. He said, can you and Harry continue to do your OGs podcast? Yes, we will do that. He said, I used to listen to him every day on The Fanatic as well. Uh, and it's a good podcast. And he said, why do I see on Twitter that so many people want to trade Morgan Frost. He's 25 years old on a pace for 50 points again. Thanks, Sean Griffin. And that is a very interesting question. Why do so many people want to trade Morgan Frost? The most creative playmaking center they have on the team, and it's not an area of organizational depth, depth with creative playmaking centers. And he's a guy that has become very polarizing all of a sudden, very polarizing. He's going to be in Toronto coming up tomorrow night, play a second game ever in Toronto. Uh, of course, that's where he's from. His dad was the announcer, the Air Canada setter uh, for the Leafs for many years. So it, it's obviously a special place for him. But why has he become so polarizing? I'd love to get people's response to that on why, they think he is so polarizing. Look, he was obviously scratched for a lot of games early in the season. Um, he has his development arc has not been consistent. It's been up and down, but I think he has developed. I think he's playing his best hockey of the season, as we talked about yesterday. And he's a guy that wants to be here, has handled some pretty ad tough adversity situations with scratches and those kind of things very well, very maturely. And he is one of those guys that if you trade him, you could be really kicking yourself. Now, we've seen that here in Philadelphia. Guys get traded, whether it's Justin Williams or Patrick Sharp, who's now on the development staff, and others over the years. You know, a lack of patience with players, young players sometimes, you end up having seller's regret. And you set, you trade a guy for some immediate help or what is seeming like an upgrade at the moment, but long-term is not, is a huge downgrade. And Morgan Frost is one of those guys that I'd say you'd have to be careful with because if you traded him, you absolutely could have some big regret. Not every player develops at the same. Some people go, well, he's 25. He should have developed by now. That's not the case. For example, look at a guy like Brad Marchand. When you look at Brad Marchand, he didn't become a really good player in his career until, until much later than traditionally people would think you should. He's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. He's played a, a thousand games on the button, Brad Marchand. His first couple of years in the league, 
41 points, 55 points, 36 points, 53 points in 13, 14, 42 the next year, 61 then. Here comes the jump in 2015, 16. By the way, at the age of 27, he goes from a high of 55 points to all of a sudden 61. And then at the age of 28, 85 points. Age of 29, 85 points. Age of 30, 100 points. 31, 87. In the 53-game season, 69 points in 53 games. He played 53 that year. 80 points in 70 games at 33 years of age. 67 points in 73 games at 34. And this year, 50 points in 53 games at 35. So not all guys are going to develop it by 22 and then have a prime from 22 to 27 or whatever it might be. But Frost has become very polarizing, very polarizing. It's on one side, and, and it's kind of like politics today. If you're either all the way over here or all the way over there, there's very mur- very few people kind of in the murky middle. In the m- murky middle. Um, but to me, that I, I'd be very careful with a player like Morgan Frost and saying, I want him out of here, get what you can get for him, blah, 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 because you could have some big time. Big time seller's regret if you did that. Um, real quick, one of the things I want to kind of get going here on the podcast as well is the comment section on YouTube. I, I always read tweets, DMs, emails, uh, but I want to get the community going on YouTube in the comment section below. So a couple of them real quick. In yesterday's episode, we had Jake Voracek on, obviously, and uh, he was a topic of conversation. And uh, Alessandro said, good to see Jake's doing well. Heard he retired due to cushions, which is always sounds awful. I think that is the case. In the interview, he said, too, his head wasn't right for almost five years. He said he definitely wasn't appreciated here. I was guilty of it. Him leaving has been a big reason uh, the power play fell off a cliff. Yeah, Jake was a very good power play player. Graded zone entries and getting into the zone and set up with possession and a very good passer. You know, one of the things... A lot of time, Jake score check. He was never a scorer. He was always a playmaker. Um, but it was great to catch up with him. Uh, uh, another commenter said, uh, Voracek is the man. Incredibly unfortunate him, Giroux, and Simmons weren't given better opportunities to win because they all more than earned it. And, of course, the absolute best off ice Voracek moment um, when TK is sitting next to him anyone after uh, Mike Sielski. That was, that was Jake, though. Jake was never going to hold back on anything. So that's one of the things that I truly liked about him is somebody that's been in the media or content business, whatever you want to call it. Um, you, you just don't, you want to get good, honest replies. And Jake Voracek always gave that. Um, so uh, great to speak with him the other day and catch up here on Flyers Daily. All right, let's put a wrap on this episode. Flyers will be back tomorrow. They're in Toronto to take on the Leafs, and uh, we'll see if they can string together five straight wins. We'll preview the game tomorrow and much more. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, Leave us a like, subscribe, all the things you need to do. Ring the bell if you're on YouTube, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Coming up on a brand new Flyers Daily.